Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ernest, what's going on? Traditional universities are outdated and don't teach you how to become an entrepreneur. They just teach you how to become an employee. You go to school for four years and you leave with nothing but debt. But here at EYL University, our curriculum is much different. Our university teaches you real world skills that you can use to gain financial freedom right away. In traditional universities, you learn from professors that have never did what they teach, and they teach you how to become an employee. At our university, we use instructors that are currently successful in a specific field that they teach, and they teach you how to become an entrepreneur. For a limited time only, you can join EYL University for 25% off of the annual membership. Learn about stocks, credit, real estate, crypto, and more. Go to EYLUniversity.com right now and sign up to become an earner. Don't wait, don't hesitate, head over there now. Hey earners, did you know that the black community has $2.7 trillion of spending power? Are you ready to see what you can do when you combine and recirculate our resources to expand the pool of black excellence? I know I'm ready, and that's why we've partnered with Greenwood, the in-demand black-owned digital banking platform. Greenwood's namesake was founded in 1906, built from the brilliance of black dreamers looking to create a self-sufficient community in the Greenwood district of Tulsa, Oklahoma, aka Black Wall Street. Today, Greenwood is a digital banking platform with the mission to strengthen the black dollar using the same community reinvestment strategies of the original Greenwood district. And it's powered by a best-in-class mobile app that allows you to bank from anywhere. So, earners... If you're ready to build a new legacy of black economic achievement, go to bankgreenwood.com slash EYL and sign up to be a part of the new Greenwood community. That's bankgreenwood.com slash EYL. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Head over there now. My graduates from my school being Forbes. Bag drop. Bag drop. <laughs> <laughs> mic drop. Bag drop. Bag drop. All right, guys, welcome back. EYL, LA edition. Um, we're on a legendary run here. Yeah. It's probably our best content that we've ever shot. And we've done a bunch of sports episodes. Shout out to B. Diddy, our B. boy Diddy Baron Davis. City. Shout out to John Sally. The first time we had Al Harrington, so shout out to him. Oh, Al Harrington, that's, that's yeah, the bro. But common denominator, there's a lot of testosterone in these in these yeah, interviews they said, we that we're doing. This thing up. We gotta loosen <laughs> this thing up, they said. There's a lot of testosterone in these interviews <laughs> that we're doing. Um so 
it's only right that we we balance things out or try to balance things out. The best. But um, this is actually the first episode that we have ever done with a sports commentator. Okay. Um, so you're breaking ground for us. Uh, Joy Taylor, one of our favorites um, ever since she was with the other network. I don't know if there's beef with that situation, but he's with ESPN, sure. right? No, 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 no. Okay. Other show, other show. Other show. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. no, no, no. Um, yeah. You know what? I get that a lot, though. Because it feels like it was on. Well, because, like, trolls will be like, that's why you got fired from ESPN. <laughs> I'm like, where are these people getting this? No, I never no. worked for ESPN. No, no, no. I used to work for the ESPN affiliate when okay. I did my show in Miami. So okay. that's where the confusion may lie. Okay. But you're not really working for ESPN when you're an affiliate station. So okay. maybe that's confusion. Okay. But yeah. no, there's no beef with Undisputed either. Okay, okay. <laughs> Shout out to Undisputed. Yeah. That. I'm like, wait, what happened? <laughs> wait, I, I got to wait another hour? I got to wait two more hours? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. But now she's on the herd and... Um, Co-host. Yeah, it's a fact. Yeah, yeah. And we watch these shows a lot. Well, I used to watch it a lot more but when I had more free time, but... I was always in the sports debate shows and sports shows. So it's an interesting dynamic because these are conversations that we have all the time. They get pretty heated. Yeah. Well, Well, yeah, that's what sports, I mean, that's fan is short for fanatic. Yeah. So we don't like to think of ourselves that way, but that's, that's what sports conversations are. There's a lot of opinion. You know what we didn't have? Who? A moderator. Yeah, we did. Yeah. EYL Sports come soon. Come. <laughs> um, so I'm excited to have this conversation because I feel like all of the sports conversations that we've had on the show have been with athletes. But we've never had anybody from that's in the sports world that's not an athlete. And um, I'm interested to get your perspective. I'm interested to hear the business side of it, your journey, the whole nine yards. So first and foremost, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. No, thank you for having me. I'm sorry I pulled the L.A. thing. <laughs> you guys don't know this, but I was very late. Uh, but I made it happen, so. Don't worry, we'll edit that part out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, all right, so let's jump into it. So how did you get started into this? Because, you know, I was thinking about it. It's actually probably, you know how they say, like, it's like a one in a million chance to be in the NBA, but there's like 300 and some odd players in the NBA, but mm-hmm. there's only probably like 20 people that actually commentate on sports on major networks. So it's probably even rarer to even do what you do. If you really look at it from that standpoint, there's not a lot of people that do that, especially if they're not athletes. So how did you, how did you get into this? Well, I played sports growing up. I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you know anything about Pittsburgh or that part of the country, I mean, there's sports is like a way of life. Like mm-hmm. they wrap the babies in terrible towels when they're born. Like it's not an option. <laughs> and I actually grew up around a lot of women who were very passionate about sports. My grandmother and my aunts, my mom were just like hardcore sports fans. Like they would really be mad if the Steelers lost. And whatever was going on during the day, like once the game comes on, cut whatever we're doing, we're watching the game. So I played sports growing up. I played basketball, volleyball, soccer, and ran track. I ran track in college. And then obviously my brother, I've played from, you know, as long as I can remember. So mm-hmm. I've always been around sports and kind of, I have that, I guess that traditional broadcasting story where I've heard a lot of people who are in news be like, oh, you know, I used to do broadcasts with the, you know, hairbrush and stuff. Yeah. My mom had gotten us this um, old school camera that you put the whole VHS tape you're probably under the age of 25. You, don't you know have no idea what that about. is. But you put a whole <laughs> tape in the whole camera thing. So we used to shoot like kung fu movies and, you know, news broadcasts and stuff. So I probably always was meant to be on the broadcasting side, but I just always loved sports. I wanted to be Michael Jordan, which, um, you know, 5'2", so that's not happening. But, <laughs> uh yeah, so I just I always had an opinion about sports. Like we were saying before we started recording, like if you're a sports fan, you have an opinion about everything. Like you care. Like you're a fanatic. You care about your teams. You care about what they should do. You care about who your favorite player is. And, you know, being a college athlete, you're, you kind of start to understand how hard it is to go from – it's hard to go from high school to playing college, but from college to the pros, is, as you said, it's really rare. It's hard to do. So I had all this kind of background in sports – to begin with. And then I went to Barry University in Miami for broadcast journalism. And when I got to school, one of my professors had uh, one of the managers of the radio station, which I didn't even know that we had at the school, come in and talk to our class and was like, you know, we're looking for radio hosts for the radio station here. And I was like, how do they even have slots? Like, we're all in school. We should all be trying to do that. 
So I went down and signed up for a show and just started learning the basics of radio, which I always really loved radio. I loved Howard Stern. I loved listening to morning shows. I like the idea that you could bring somebody into the room with you, like theater of the mind. Mm. You know, when you, when you listen to a good radio show, you feel like you're a part of their life. Like yeah. you, you want to know like what happened with that. You know, they got in a fight with their wife last night. They're going to talk about it or this prank. And you just, you feel like you're in the room with them and you, you really establish kind of a relationship because it's your routine to listen to them every day. So I love that. And on the business side of things, I try to look ahead at what, what the direction the business was going in. And a lot of people think like you got to start as a reporter or a writer. And to me, I saw what, what was happening with politics. Most political shows are really just opinion shows. Mm. They're labeled as news, but we know they're not news. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're opinion. Mm-hmm. It's news opinion. Sports and politics have a lot in common because it's really, and now even more, become the last live thing you can really watch. So opinion is very valuable because people watch it live and then they want to hear what you think about it. So I felt like it was the right move for me to go into a, an opinion direction and radio gives you that format because what are we doing here? We're just talking. Right. Mm-hmm. So started interning at sports radio station in Miami and then I interned on a, a music morning show, DJ Laz, Power 96, and that gave me sort of a background in, you know, in entertainment and booking guests and how do you create um, a following and that kind of energy that I was talking about where people are like in the room with you and get to know your character. So that was kind of like my, my base and how I really started to get into the business and learn the business. From a financial standpoint, because a lot of people will stop their dream because they'll say it doesn't pay enough. At this point, are you doing other things to supplement income or was this something that was paying for your life at the time? You know, it's funny. I, I was talking to a a young girl who's graduating school in a month or so. And um, what they don't tell you about broadcasting is you're not going to make any money. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I've heard. (laughs) Don't get in the business if that's your plan. If you have, you know, a trust fund or you got like some other kind of situation, that's, that's, that's good. Um, Make sure you're hungry, though, because that's not going to help you (laughs) move up either. (laughs) You just don't make any money when you first get in the business. My first job ended up being at the place I interned at 560 QAM in Miami. And I think I made like 850 an hour or something in Miami. So that's not enough. No, it's not not enough. 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 So I bartended and freelanced at like, I mean, I think at one point I had like 10 jobs. So writing anywhere, um, picking up shifts on the weekends. Um, I had two bartending jobs. I mean, there was a month like I really worked every single day, like bartended every single day and freelance on the weekends, like, you're just not going to make any money when you first get in the business. That's just how it is. They don't tell you that. And because it's television, it seems like it's like a glamour job. Yeah. Yeah. Even right, right. radio, like it's a glamour job. And it is, but it just doesn't pay until you get to the highest, highest, highest level. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you always have to have other well, income well, from, well. from the beginning. And really, actually, even the guys and, and women who are at the highest level always have multiple jobs because it's a very unpredictable business. And I think we all saw that this past year. Like, mm-hmm. it's you could not have sports, and then what do you do? Yeah, that's so, a, that's a I'm fact. still wondering why people are broadcasting from home because I feel like if they're going into these situations, like these arenas, I'm looking at it like, why are we at home doing a game when we could just be in the the boxes at the game? What do you mean? Like broadcasters? They are at the at the game. No, a lot of them are doing it from home. Like Chris Webber. <laughs> that's not him that's not him um, no like I, I watched Ryan Ruckel the other day he was doing it from his, well, his house well a lot for the, the industry's changed a lot yeah because of the pandemic one thing that a lot of the studios have learned is you don't have to be in studio so like for us we, we used to never have guests unless they were in studio or unless they were like at a studio with a studio camera and studio connection like we would never do Skype very rarely do phone calls. So we were actually kind of limited when it came to guests. You had to be in LA. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times if the network would fly you out, that's why they have the, you know, the, um, what am I, what am, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like the spin cycle, they put you through the, okay. the cycle on all the shows yeah. because they've flown you out for a couple of days. So if they're flying out, you out to Bristol, say at ESPN, you're going to do every single show. Right. 
for a couple of days and same with us because mm -hmm. the network's paying to put you up and has to pay for your meals and the whole thing. Now, now you could do it all on Zoom. So why do we need to fly people out? You can say, right at your house, the connection's great, the, the audience doesn't care because they know why mm -hmm. you're not there. So for a lot of networks and, and shows, they're like, what are we paying for all this studio space for? The, it, it was always a concern for the audience. Right. I think a lot of people felt like it didn't look polished, so the audience wasn't going to take the show seriously. But now we all know why everyone's home. We know that it's it's more affordable. It's easy. We kind of like the the rawness of some of these shows, being that we're like seeing people at home and it's not the whole studio setup. So some shows it actually serves them. So I mean, eventually we'll get back to it's much easier to broadcast a game or call a game in person than right, it right, is right, right. Not, not being there. But for a lot of shows, they're going to stay home in some capacity. But do you think that? I don't know. I just feel even talking like Charlemagne when we went to the Breakfast Club, he was very adamant that we do the Breakfast Club in person because he was like, it's just not the same when they're doing it in Zoom. And we feel the same way. Like you know, we we have done Zoom episodes, but it's not the same. Like. As there's nothing like in-person experience. So for you personally, um, even though you guys don't have a lot of guests, but you still are interacting with other people on set, do you prefer the in-person experience or it doesn't really matter to you? Oh, in-person is always better. There, there's you, you get the energy, you know the cadence. You don't have to worry about technology freaking out on you, <laughs> yeah. which you know hasn't doesn't happen a lot, but it's still a liability. It can happen at any time. So that's you know that could ruin things, or it's you know it's delayed or things like that. So. In-person is always preferred and better, but for everything, it's not necessary. So like for Colin and I, we've had to do some shows where we're not in studio together because of COVID, and it's very difficult, especially for us because we have a lot of like banter back and forth, and we at this point, we know each other's like cadence mm -hmm. and all that. But when you have to give it an extra second because of the, the delay, it's like it's very choppy. It's hard to do. Um, so that's definitely not preferred. But for guests, like, you know, here and there, it's it's not a massive difference. And it opens up so many more guests for us because we can have players. Like, we have players from, you know, literally walk off the practice field in their car. Like, we would never get them, you know, during the season before because there's no access. No, I was going to say, so, because I'm thinking in your career, I, I, I watched it. So you, you did the, the broadcast radio, and then you hosted fantasy football for CBS. And in 2016... Fox Sports, which one of those moments was the, you know what, I'm in the right place. This is what I should be doing with my career. It actually started in Miami because I was the executive producer of the Hawkman and Zazzle show at 790 The Ticket. And I had a kind of a significant on-air role as the executive producer. And Hawkman left, so they were looking for a co-host for the morning show there. And Zazzle was going to be hosting the show, needed co-host. And he was like, you know, I want joy. And so they offered it to me and I took it. And once we started rolling with that show and I saw kind of like the impact that the people that listen to the show, like you go out in the city and people would be like, I love the show. Like you guys do such a great show. We listen every morning. Like my daughter listens, my family listens. Like you got my wife listening to sports talk radio because of the show that we were doing. That's when I really felt like I could, I could maybe break through with this. Like I feel confident you know, you start to hit your stride mm -hmm. and that's really when you lean into your personality. And, and for me, that was when I, I really got my confidence in what I was doing in, in broadcasting. Um, let me ask you this. What is the process of actually getting hired to be a broadcaster? Is it like you an actor, you have to actually read a part? Like, do you actually have to, they give you a hypothetical five minute thing and you have to talk? And then I noticed like you have a unique voice. Like, I feel like broadcasters are so polished the way they talk. I'm embarrassed to how I speak. Like, listen, like they're saying, it's like... We're doing our best. Yeah, the diction, <laughs> the diction is just so perfect and the, the voice structure, like, is that natural or do you have to actually go to classes to, to learn how to speak like that? What's funny, I was uh, looking for an agent um, in my second contract in Miami and I had an agency tell me that I needed to go to voice, uh, like a voice coach. They're like, your voice isn't strong enough or something. I was like... I don't know if I can curse on here. No, you can curse. Uh, yeah, you can let it, yeah, let it, yeah. let it fly. Uh, fuck out of here. I, <laughs> like, I, do six I, I like that way I that sounded. I do four hours of radio every day. I don't need a voice coach. Um, but, you know, it's things like that, actually, that, mo that motivate you. So the process, um, at least for me, I'll tell you what my experience was, because I, I can't speak for every network. But generally, 
um, you're going to have a reel. So you'll have a, a radio reel, a TV reel, which is essentially a, like cuts of your best work or not necessarily your best work. It could be audition tape kind of. Yeah. But it's, it's stuff you've already done. So like one of the hard things about broadcasting is nobody wants to hire you if you don't have experience, but mm. you can't get hired. Mm. Or you can't get experience if you, unless you get hired. Yeah. So it's like, Right. What do you do? So that's why building stuff up in college is really important. And and now uh, kids that are in college or, or, you know, early on in the, their broadcasting careers have a great advantage in YouTube and Instagram mm-hmm. and, you know, all these things that when I was coming out of school really weren't strong. Like mm-hmm. you can really build up a good, solid amount of like tape and reputation and, you know, material to send to people before you're even out of school now. So that's like definitely something that people should take advantage of. But a reel is essentially, it's like a three minute, um, hi, it's a highlight reel. Okay. Like it's just like if you were playing sports, like you're, it's your best highlights. Or if it's a specific job, like maybe you're going for a reporting job over a hosting job, you would cut your best reporting reel and send that to the station or the network. So they'll watch that. They'll definitely look into your references Generally, people don't want to hire people that are difficult to work with, that you know aren't consistent, they don't try when they're at work, or they don't get along with anybody. So your reputation is really important, and references are important, which is why internships are so important, mm-hmm. because it's just like any other business. People want to hire people they know. Like, they prefer to hire someone they know or someone that they know knows over somebody that just walks in off the street. You have good references, but... You know, you want to feel like this is if I'm bringing somebody into my company, I'm going to give them this job, this opportunity or this role that I know they're not going to like make me look bad or cause problems. So that's super important. But your real your resume and your references are the most important thing. So once you get uh, an interview, depending on what it is, like I didn't do a um, audition for radio when I got hired for radio. I did the interview. They had my my radio reel from. The last station, they knew what I'd done at Barry. They knew the, you know, the, the reputation that I had at QAM, and I got the job as the executive producer. But I had a lot of producing experience at that point. I had two internships as a producer, and then I'd worked as a producer for, I think, a year and a half at QAM, plus all of the other 10 jobs that, <laughs> that I had. Hustle is hustle. Yeah. So, so you really want to have like a strong reel and send it to people in the business to give you critiques on it because like anything else once you get bored they're going to move on to the next thing so yeah. you really want it to be like strong keep somebody's attention that represents who you are so those are generally the things that will get you the interview now when you get to the network level you're still going to have a reel so a radio reel um reporting reel hosting reel um you know whatever it is that you're going for so when i got to fox then you have to audition mm. so it's it's kind of, I mean, I, I've been to some acting auditions, so I guess it's like that, but it's, there's no script. Okay. So that's the difference. So I came in and did, well, they call it a test. So it's not, they don't call it an audition, they call it a test, mm-hmm. but it's an audition. So you go in, well, I went in, um, and, you know, we had the set and had a, a few people, uh, like, auditioning, testing with me, and they do, like, a segment. So they did... Um, Cam, it was, I mean, this was 2016, right? So Cam Newton somewhat was in Carolina still. Mm-hmm. And they, the newspaper there had published some letter to the editor from some old lady who was, like, mad at Cam Newton about having a baby and not marrying his girl. Mm. Okay. And it was, like, super bizarre. But I, I, everyone was talking about it. And so we kept talking about it. Um, you know, we're going around the panel and everyone's like giving their opinion about it. And I was like, are we really talking about a man having a baby out of like, we're using the term out of wedlock in 2016. (laughs) Like this man is supporting his child. He's claiming his woman. He's good in the community. He's the face of the organization. Like who cares if he marries her or not? What are we talking about? Like, the only person who should be mad about this is her. Like, if she has an opinion about it, fine. But, like, why are we worried about what this old lady is saying about Cam Newton not marrying his girl who he's taking care of the child? Like, I'm very confused as to why we're talking about this. Um, so that was, that was our audition. Like, that was, I had multiple auditions, but, like, that's basically what happened. Like, they gave you a topic, you research it, and, like, give your opinion. When you were creating your reels, because when you said you were an athlete, you looked up to Michael Jordan. And so in the broadcasting world, you, were looking, you said you listened to Howard Stern. Were there... 
broadcast analysts that you were looking up to and were they male or female like was it like Stuart Scott or was it like uh Robin Roberts or yeah like Robin that? Roberts Stuart Scott um I mean honestly like Al Michaels was was the man to Legendary. me yeah I loved Al Michaels um I mean you got John Madden you know I just I really loved football yeah. like in like Monday night football to me when I first got in the business that was my goal was like I'm gonna be the first woman to like call Monday night football games full-time and then I realized how hard play by play by play is no joke Color although time. I did do play by play this year for prime video on Thursday night football with Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah so um, I guess the the dream is still alive, but yeah, there, is there there's a difference between play by play and color coordinator, right? Is, is... Yeah, so play by play and and color commentary. Commentary, yeah, sorry. yeah. So play by play is it, traditional play by play, which isn't what we did on Prime Video. It was more of like a conversation, but we still had to do some elements of play by play and color. So play by play, you'll see like them line up, so it'll be like. It would be Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Like, Joe Buck is play-by-play, Troy Aikman is the color. So, mm-hmm. basically, play-by-play will explain what's happening, how they're lining up, who threw to who, what da- like, down and distance, how much time is left, whatever, shot clock, things like that. And color will add the elements, like, of the play. So, this is why they called that there. Or the, if, you, if you watch so-and-so's in motion, like, so there's a balance to it and timing. And the best duos like Joe Buck and Troy Aikman like have that cadence totally yeah. down. Tony Romo's got it pat down pat. Yeah, Tony's amazing. Yeah, Tony's he's, amazing. He's ridiculous. He's he, like calling plays. <laughs> he's, he's amazing. Yes. And he so that's that's exactly how it is. So he adds he adds the color. Like the play-by-play it does the outline and yeah. the color is the colors. If if that makes sense it's very simplistic but the color of the colors. Yes. <laughs> color, we'll take it. Color coordinator. That's yes. that's a new that's a new color position. Coordinator. Color, color coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how difficult is it to read off of teleprompters? It's, so it's scary. And, um, but it takes like, once you get the, everyone has their own system. So for me, I'm like a a bit of a perfectionist and, you know, you're working with Skip and Shannon. So yeah, it's not a whole lot of room for error. But the first time a teleprompter breaks on you is when you really like respect, like, okay, this is not, because you're so reliant on that. And the purpose of the teleprompter is to set something up precisely or to read a commercial precisely. Like, otherwise you would just have notes and you would talk like just how- freestyle yeah, it. Yeah, you freestyle it, with, maybe with notes, but like, you're not going to read it. So it's meant to make you look like you're talking, but you're actually reading. So one, you can't just sit there like, and coming up next, like it's, you got to talk like you would normally talk, but you're actually reading. So you can't be Ron Burgundy? Can't, but listen, <laughs> but listen, that's how it is. That's why that's funny because that's really how it is. Like you rely on this machine. Yeah. Sometimes it just goes down and like sometimes somebody will put the wrong word in yeah. and then you get messed up <laughs> or they're going too fast or they're going too slow. And then you're like, uh, and coming up. So it, it is a, it's a bit of an art to learn it. For me, I would always have paper, like my script next to me and there. And I would make marks like, okay, so this is, I'm going to break here. I'm going to take a breath here. So mm. that if the prompter went down for any reason, or if they were reading too slow or anything was wrong, then I could just look down and keep going. And I would always flip. So mm. you, you'll notice when, when people do news broadcasts and they're moving their papers, that's what they're doing. So they're keeping up with the prompters so that if the prompter goes down, they can just read off the script and just keep it going. Yeah, okay. We, that's we all that fun. We saw people writing notes and we're like, we, we, what are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what, they're, that's, that's what they're doing. Yeah, they're just, they're keeping, they're keeping pace with the teleprompter so that uh, if it goes down, because it's scary, like you're just out there and you're not memorizing this stuff because it's on, it's supposed to be there for you to read. So if it goes down, then you got to like, ad lib and what you know maybe that was a specific quote you were supposed to read so i don't want no parts of messing that up so that's like um in middle school when the teacher used to ask me to read i used to try to like you know when you got group assignments like i would read my part in my brain like five minutes before, before. <laughs> you know your turn's you coming. don't want to get embarrassed a lot of people got embarrassed in the class when she used to make y'all read yeah Kiss. no that's a that's a different conversation altogether. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fact though um Nah, because people don't fully respect how they think how you just go out there and you're just talking about sports. But it's like, this stuff is hard and it's a high level of anxiety. Like, you got to read something and if somebody, if you mess up, like, everybody's looking at you and it's like, it's not as easy as people think it is. Yeah, and then you're a woman, so. Yeah. 
There's no room for well, mistakes. Let's let's, let's get into that. Let's, let's, let's get it, let's get into that conversation. So, sports. Every well, unfortunately, everything. A lot of industries are male dominated, um, and sports is no different, right? So, even like most shows, they'll have one woman, but they might have like three guys or two guys, or whatever. Um, so, how is it breaking into that? Being a woman. Um, how has your experience been in the, in, in the world of sports being a woman? Um, well, I think it's changed throughout my career. Like I was thinking about it the other day because I run into situations where I think sometimes like I expect the men around me to fight for me. And then I'm like, man, how many men have really fought for me throughout my career? Like I can think of one situation where I was really getting disrespected and the host went out of his way to make sure that that did not Dis- disrespected by 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 like someone else in the in the station, mm. um, like a, a boss. Yeah. Okay. And and he just what I told him what happened, and he just wasn't having it. Um, but that situation actually ended up pushing me out of that station, which led me to the next station, which led me to the show, which led me here. So sometimes you know when you reach a block in life, or someone's telling you no or you're being made to feel uncomfortable, it's sometimes because the universe is telling you it's time to disrupt. Like, it's time to move and, you know, uplift and, and try something new or go in another direction. But I've, I've been really blessed that the talent that I've worked with has been very supportive of me, has been very um, uh, big advocates for me, big allies for me. I don't know that I can say that for every woman in the business. I've also had horrific experiences and, you know, been sexually harassed and been put in, you know, compromising situations and, you know, had gotten a job and then, you know, got had a reference to be like, yeah, so what's up? Because, you know what I'm saying? You got this job. Like, I got, I got this job, first of all. Like, so no, I don't owe you anything. But... It's, you know, it's, it's a very specific industry because we are mostly covering men mm-hmm. and there is an expectation as a woman in sports that you, you're only there to be on TV or to be famous. Like mm-hmm. you don't actually really care about sports. You don't actually really follow or know anything about sports. Fuck. Let's start over. What's going on, Ernest? Look, at 26, I made one of the most important decisions of my life. That's right. I didn't have family at the time, but I did have a life insurance policy. A wise man told me life insurance isn't about the people who die. It's about the people who live. It's one of the best ways to secure generational wealth for your family's future. And it makes perfect sense why people get life insurance, especially term coverage, which surprisingly is affordable. Why not pay a little bit each month to secure the future of the people you love long term? If you're asking yourself that question, I want you to check out Ladder. Ladder makes it impressively fast and easy to get coverage. You just need a few minutes and a phone or a laptop to apply. Ladder's algorithms work instantly, so you'll know right away if you're approved for coverage. No hidden fees, and you can cancel any time. And since life insurance costs more as you age, now is the time to get started. So check out Ladder today to see if you're instantly approved. That's right. Go to ladderlife.com backslash EYL. That's L A. D-D-E-R, life.com slash E-Y-L. You know how this works. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Secure your family's future right now. And I don't know that other industries really come with that. Like if you're a, you know, a female doctor, obviously it's very male-dominated space, but nobody's going to be like, do you really care about medicine? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm a doctor. I did a lot to, get, to become this doctor. Like, yes, I care about what I do. Whereas sports, you constantly have to prove yourself every day, which is my point about messing up. Like, yeah. I don't, I'm crazy about like my notes. Everything has to be perfect, has to be triple checked because I don't want to go on air and say something um, and it's like the wrong team or some, something silly. Like, oh, you know, I say he got traded and he really got cut and picked up. Because for a man, they can say that nobody's going to be like, oh, he doesn't know anything about sports or he doesn't care about sports. For a woman, that's like... They're going to look at you like, yeah. It's an avalanche of people telling you that, you know, you don't belong there or it invalidates you in some way. So, I mean, we've seen many examples of that. Yeah. But that's really the difference to me and other industries. Because I agree with you. Most industries are 
male-dominated sports isn't unique in that space. But what is unique is that if you do make it to any kind of level of esteem in the business, you have to constantly prove you belong there, why you belong there. And if you do anything outside of sports, it's like, oh, see? I knew you wasn't here for this. Told you. She you really re- doesn't like sports. She really doesn't like football. She really watches movies. <laughs> and that's like that's the difference. Is that something that you're consistently battling? Because obviously when you start, the doubt is obviously there. But I've, I mean, we've watched you. You know your stuff. Like, it's ridiculous. Is that something that continues you're, you're battling right now? Yeah. On every level. Like, it's not just fans. Like, yeah. it's fans. It's other uh, talent in the business. Sometimes it's other women in the business. Mm. And it's certainly executives. Like, What's- it... Yeah, let's go. What's that relationship like with, with other with women, women? Yeah, in the business? Overwhelmingly, women in this business are very supportive of each other. Okay. Like, with like any kind of, you know, humans interacting, you're not going to get along with everybody. Yeah. But at least for me, I, the people that I don't get along with, you'll never know. Because I don't believe in that. Like, I'm okay. not, no matter what happens, pretty much, yeah. Like, no matter what happens, I'm not going to put anybody out, out there for that, even if it's personal, because... Mm. Um, one, it's too hard for women, especially black women, to get into this business and to get opportunities. Right. So I don't like reinforcing any type of stereotype that like women are catty with each other. Because really, that's not the truth. Like, I want other women to be in the business. I want other women to have opportunities. Because the more women, the more black women, yeah. the more diversity there is, the less of a thing it is. And yeah. then we're not talking about this. I feel, like, I feel like black women have dominated. Like I, I remember growing up watching ESPN and like Craig Kilborn and uh, Carl Ravage. I knew those names and, and Stuart Scott. And now Jamel Hill, who's, who obviously is not with ESPN anymore, but you, Carrie Champion. I feel like L. Duncan. I, I know those names more than I... I'm looking at the guys like, who, who's this guy sitting next <laughs> to them now? Like, th- there's been a shift. Would you say? I definitely think there are more opportunities now. And I think that more companies are seeing the value in having diversity. Not only does it bring in other audiences, but it brings in different perspectives, which only enriches the conversation and, you know, the opinions and the the shows. But also I will say because women and particularly black women have to work twice as hard for half as much when you do get an opportunity, you're a fucking baller Mm -hmm. because you're so much better than you had to be to get that job. Mm -hmm. So it's never a surprise to me when we thrive because it's like, do you know what I had to do? To get in this door, like, I'm excellent. I'm not good. Because you, you can't be good. Good right. is not enough. You got to be excellent. You can't be as good as the men. You got to be noticeably better to get the same opportunity and then not get paid the same. Equal pay. <laughs> but that's how it goes. That's another, that's another topic. Well, that's definitely something that we have to speak about. Yeah. Let's jump into that. So equal pay is a very big topic, not only in sports, but um, all over. But sports has been highlighted, uh, I believe, when the U.S. soccer team won the gold medal. Like again? Yeah, again. But <laughs> the, all the, the men's team didn't even make the qualify. The yeah. quali- yeah. But the men's got paid more. It's a whole thing. Um, we can go tennis, everything. Yeah. All right. So this is no different in the, in the broadcasting world, I assume, where um, we see, like, I, Stuart Scott, he got like ten million dollar deal, right? Something no, no, like uh, Stephen A. Smith. Rest in peace, Stuart Scott. No, rest in peace, Stuart Scott. Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we haven't seen those kind of numbers for a woman yet. Um, so, how do you feel about that pay situation? Well, it, talent is kind of is kind of an interesting space. Like, and every time I talk about equal pay on social media, people always go to the WNBA. I'm like, I'm not talking. What? <laughs> like, why are you talking? Why are you? What is this? Did somebody hurt you? Like, what are you talking about the WNBA for? Like, WNBA players are not asking for the same amount, same pay as NBA players. Who told you that? Stop saying that. That's not what's, that's not what's being advocated for. <laughs> like, the soccer team, that is a legitimate conversation of, like, we yeah, need to be different. making the same. Respectfully. Not only we have more ratings, we're bringing in more revenue, and y'all not even making the World Cup. So focus on yourselves <laughs> and first. And attendance is not even close. Yes, like, fix yourselves first. This is, this is, these are different conversations. And it's similar to talent. Like, this is Hollywood. It's really the entertainment business that we work in. Yes, it's broadcasting. Yes, you can go to school and get a degree in it. And it is a, like a legitimate structure in some spaces to move up, like producers and, you know, kind of behind the scenes. But when you're talking about talent, it can, it can wide, be a wide range of what people are getting paid, mm-hmm. men and women. And when you have leverage, when you have audiences, that changes things. And that's for anything. That's for entertainment shows. It's for, you know, home remodeling shows. Like, there is no real... 
structure, like this person makes this much when they hit this. So it gets kind of nuanced when it comes to like, you know, see what Stephen A is making or what Skip is making. Like, you know, there's a lot that goes into those contract negotiations. Part of it to me, why there's not women making that kind of money is because women don't get put in those those roles and those shows in very the, in, in the first place. Right. They don't have the opportunity. Yeah. So Jamel is obviously a great example of that. And yeah. Jamel's done great for herself. But she's one of the very few women that have ever been in that. I mean, I used to watch her show and be like, that's what I'm trying to do. Like yeah. she has her own show with Michael and she gives her opinion every day and she's on every single, she's doing a daily show. And like, that's her show. She's not asking people questions. She's not in a role. And that is like the next shift to me. And it, it is happening. Like there are more women getting opportunities, yeah. but like you don't have women in those seats. So how could women make that, that kind of money if they're not in those seats to begin with? Yeah. You know, Carrie as well. I think Carrie. Yeah. She's actually on uh, black effect. Shout us. out to her. We've, yeah. We we did a commercial for her, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's on, we're on the same team. So shout out to her. Shout out to her. Let me ask you this. Let's get into this conversation. As far as sports, right? It's just, I'm pretty sure there's numbers to back this up, but definitely by the eye test. Growing up, sports was everything. Like, sports figures were like demigods. Everybody loved basketball, football, and all that. I feel like the enthusiasm for sports has died down tremendously during the pandemic. And I don't know. I just feel like just on social media, I don't see the same enthusiasm for the general public has for sports. You're in the sports world. Um, how do you feel about that? Um, I, don't, I, I disagree. I think, um, I think the admiration maybe for athletes has changed a little bit, but I don't think that it has anything to do with people's desire to watch sports. I think that is access. So, so I guess it's like two different things. So as far as athletes go, we just live in a different world. Like you can tweet, you can cameo, you can Instagram live. We feel like we have a, cl- a closeness to people that used to be to your point demigods like you didn't used to be able to reach michael jackson (laughs) right like you didn't used to be able to go hang out with diana ross like these were untouchable superstars next level gods really like you're not gonna run into madonna right (laughs) now you feel like you kind of like everybody kind of feels like they know lebron a little bit like you on instagram live like you got an instagram page tacos every tuesday (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like we, we feel like we're a part, like we can see them more. It's yeah. not like, oh, you're not in front of your television at this particular moment, at this particular time, and then maybe you can see Michael Jordan. That doesn't exist anymore. You have so much access. So I think, bec- and there's so many other ways to get famous, right? You can be on YouTube. You well, can- that's what, not to cut you off, but that's what I was like kind of hitting at because I feel like this is my personal thesis. Um, NBA players, there's like 24 players that matter, the All Stars, probably even less than that. NFL, there's like two players that matter. <laughs> um, no, but when I say matter, I mean like walking down Melrose, like they're not going to know who's the two. The linebacker from Kansas City. No, no, they're not. I would agree no with that. Like, there's, but I think that that is a reflection of like the society that we live in, the access that people have. There's so much content you have access to. So that I think has to your, to, I understand your point there that I would agree with, but I don't think that's because people care about sports less. I think it's because people a think that they're kind of famous. Well, YouTubers and yeah, and, they, they, they become more famous. than Yeah. And yeah. there's just more, there's more to pay attention to. Like for us, you know, I'm recording Michael <clears throat> Jordan's games and rewatching them, even though I already know what happened, you know, yeah. that's yeah. like, you have so much access to stuff now and information that's and crazy. content. So that I think is just a little bit more watered down. Yeah. I don't think people will like, you, LeBron walks down the street, he's going to have a crowd. No, no, LeBron, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. LeBron, but like Kyrie, the, KD. But yeah, but back in the day, like anybody. Anybody. From the Celtics walks yeah, around in Boston like, and his peep is man. Yeah, now it's like, okay, you play for the Celtics. Who, who are you two that matter? You know who my two are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Who is it? Tom Brady. Odell Beckham and Tom Brady. I'm, okay, that's As far as when I say matter, no disrespect, we got a lot of support in the Shout NFL. I love all my guys in the NFL. What I'm just saying as far as recognizable superstars. We're, we're stopping traffic. Shutting down Times Square. Tom okay. Brady might not shut down Times Square. I'll be honest with you. He's, he, he might get, they might not recognize I him. I mean, I him. think Patrick Mahomes will have, have a little crowd. Patrick Mahomes, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Patrick you know, I think Mahomes. I actually think like Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, tough. That's, it's that's gonna be, a Pittsburgh bias. It's going to be tough right. for Juju to shut down Times Square. He's like a gamer. <laughs> Times you know, Square? Be on TikTok. <laughs> are you, wait, are you still a Steelers fan? 
Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's, that's course. a Steelers bias. Juju? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Juju has that gaming, though. He's, yeah. he's in that gaming he's world. He's got, like, other other scenes, too. But, like... I know what I, you're saying. If you saw Juju, you wouldn't know. Exactly. But I think, that's like, I think that's just a reflection of society. I don't yeah. think it's what people... Because, to my point earlier, sports and politics are the last live things. That's it. Like, I recorded the Oscars the other night. Like, I don't need to watch that live. The, you don't have to be in front of your television to watch really anything. You're doing Netflix, YouTube. Like, there's just, everything is on demand. So if you want to know what happened, you have to watch sports right then and there. Like, you're not going to re-watch a game, you know, when you already know the outcome to it. We, you want to know who the president's going to be. You got to watch <laughs> the presidential <laughs> coverage to find out what's happening. So there's very few things, there's very few content items that are live anymore and sports gambling is about to be legal everywhere yeah. so that's a game changer entirely like that's a whole new level of money coming into the industry uh jobs and eyeballs from people who weren't necessarily gambling before on sports who will start because it's going to be very accessible well, let's yes. get let's get into that yeah, conversation yeah, yeah. something that that we're well I, I wanted to because we talked about some of the disadvantages that you face are there advantages of being a woman in sports well i think being a woman is an advantage in all areas of life because i love being a woman but it's, it's smarter and more productive than men well Go ahead, i love men okay? I, I, love men. I love men i'm not a man hater okay i love men but i will say you know women I literally just had this conversation yesterday. At least for me, I'm like, I look at things from a different perspective. I played, I ran track in college. I've seen my brother go through every level, high school, college, not making, you know, not going to college and getting money under the table from a big school, like going to Akron. And then, you know, third round, having to earn his spot on the roster with the Dolphins, then getting traded and getting cut, and then the Hall of Fame. So I look at everything from a kind of maybe more personal space than the, the average man who's just reporting on sports. Because sometimes we can talk about what's happening in sports from a very callous place. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just like they're just items that are being moved around. And so-and-so got traded. Oh, okay. Like, it's like, okay. But when someone gets traded, their whole family has to move. Mm -hmm. So their wife's got to stay behind, pack up the house, he, go find another place to live and bring their kids. And they got to move. Their, and, and like no one's crying. You're getting paid well. Right. So it's like, oh, cry me a river. OK, but that's still a personal element to it. Like yeah. you still have to find your new way to work. Like your routine is completely changed. So there's just like when I talk about sports, when I look at stories, I try to look at them from very uh, personal space. And then when we're talking about even you know, more serious things in sports, I try to be more measured and not reactive. I think the, you know, the, there's this thought that women are like hysterical and like, we don't, we just like freak out, ah, like we're all emotional. <laughs> but in fact, women don't do that. Like we're very calculated and not like in a maniacal way, but like we just have to be because mm -hmm. we know the consequences of like doing certain things without thinking. And that's just how we have to like, I have to be aware all the time, like, even just walking down the street. Like, I can't just walk down the street and be on my phone, like, messing around, whatever. Like, I got to be always paying attention. When I walk to my car, I got to watch to make sure nobody's around. Like, I got to get my car real quick, shut the door. Like, that's just, women just are always on a, operating at a higher frequency, not because we're, like, smarter than men, but <laughs> because we have to be. Like, that's, that is a survival you gotta stay on point. mechanism that we have to have. Yeah, so I think, like, from that perspective, I, I, I look at that as an advantage. And then, you know, men, you guys are visual creatures, so it helps. I'm not gonna lie. Visual creatures? Although I know, yes. What does that mean? Well, I'm pretty, so it helps, you know? Oh, okay. Oh. Although lately everyone's been telling me that I, like I, the pandemic didn't do me any favors, but it's fine. <laughs> we didn't say that. <laughs> no, no we, we never said that. No, 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 that. no, no, no. Um, but that is, that, that's an issue too, right? Image, self-image, like, is that, I mean, do you feel like obviously men and women are not going to be critiqued the same? Is that added pressure every day? Yeah, of course. I mean, and, and it's not something that is a requirement. I think a lot of people feel like, oh, like I have to look a certain way or, you know, I have to be sexy or something to like be in the business. Like you definitely don't at all. And in some ways, well, I don't want to say it helps not to be, but like, you know, 
I get met with like, I'm not legitimate because of the way I look or like I only have my job because of the way I look, which to me, I'm like, that's just silly. There's whole supermodels. Like there are actual supermodels walking the earth. Whole supermodels. Right? Like, you see Giselle doing this? Yeah. Like, I mean, and this is, Giselle's an amazing businesswoman. Yeah. Um, but like, if it was just about looks, why wouldn't they just hire models to do my job? Like, why, what am I up there for if that's the case? So, like, it just doesn't make sense. But, you know, it's just, there's different elements to it. Yes, I get critiqued about what I look like every day, all day, every day. If my hair is not looking good, somebody going to let me know. If I'm looking a little fluffy that day, somebody going to let me know. If my shoulders are out too much, somebody going to let me know. Like, it's, all, it's very much um, a visual aspect of it as well. And sometimes it benefits you and sometimes it definitely does not. Because some people don't take you seriously. I like the new hairstyle. Thanks. Well, you know, it's like you, you, I, I keep telling Colin, like, you, you're all going on the natural journey with me. This is how it's going. Well, there you have it. Um. No comment. Nothing controversial. I'm just here so I won't get fined. I'm just here so I won't get fined. <laughs> I say it all the time. That is a fact. That is a fact. Um, let me ask you this. As far as the political conversation. So we see athletes um, taking a stance with uh, LeBron and D. Wade and shout out to all those guys. And it's, you know, always been a big thing. Colin Kaepernick, the knee, NFL, da 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 And um, we see that some sports commentators, Jamel Hill, um, went into that realm. Mm-hmm. And uh, she lost her job because of it. Stephen A. Smith said that she shouldn't have said that because she's an employee of ESPN and you have to conduct yourself a certain way. But... I mean, LeBron is technically an employee of the Lakers, and he doesn't necessarily have to conduct himself a certain way by saying something. So do you feel like, what's your stance on that for sports commentators? Do you feel like they have a voice, they should have a voice, or how do you feel about that? I think whatever you're passionate about, you should do. So I don't think you should get involved in things that you don't really have an opinion about just because everyone is talking about it especially on, you know, we're talking about social justice and politics. Like, these are very serious issues that are life and death. Um, you know, the vaccine. Like, these are, these are things that are really affecting people's lives. And so I think anything that you talk about, you should be researched in. And that is something I, like, very much believe in. I don't, I don't go for affirmation news. Like, I believe in real actual research. I'm not going to somewhere that's just going to tell me, like, I feel a certain way. Let me go read this. Okay, now I feel better because that's what I thought anyway. All right, well, there's people who don't agree. So what are they saying? And then come to your own conclusion. But most people just get their, their news off of memes these days, mm-hmm. which is dangerous because that's not, that's not news. That is a sticker. Like, you've got to <laughs> figure out what it is that your opinion about things are. And when you're, say, in a position like me, or Jamel, or Shannon, or Skip, or Colin, or any of us, we have massive platforms. And I think you have a responsibility, if you believe in that, to talk about it. All right. So, um, you know, I watch these shows, and I feel like um, a lot of guys have characters that they, I don't want to say play, I don't want to like demean them, but you know, it's like kind of like acting. Well, I don't feel like Skip is really that big of a LeBron hater. I feel like he's intelligent enough to know LeBron. <laughs> LeBron's the, the Billy Goat of this situation. And um, Wait, stop. Don't do that. He, what? He's a mic guy. Don't do that. Yeah, he does not think that LeBron is He go. definitely thinks Mike I is a guy. I can tell you that. A goat. A goat. He's a goat. A, a goat. Well, no, he, don't, he only believes in one goat. Only believes yeah. in one He's a goat. He's not a multi-goat believer. Multi-goat. Yeah. Multi-goat. He only serves goat. one goat. <laughs> only serves one goat. <laughs> And that's Michael Jordan. He genuinely believes that. And he wears the kicks, too. Shout and to he Skip. loves the Dallas Cowboys. All right. That we know. But I, I still mean, feel like he's, he's not that big of a of a hater. He's kind of a hater. Let's just be honest. He's a kind of a hater. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a fact. Yeah. Um, Shannon, I'm not necessarily sure if he actually smokes black and miles and drinks <laughs> Hennessy. I don't know. Maybe I he does. Think he does. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. Um, Barkley. We don't even got to talk about Barkley. So... Have you ever? Do you think the that this is something that you have to do to reach like the highest level of success in that field? And if so, have you ever thought about taking on an alter ego <laughs> <laughs> character? Um, no, I don't think that you have to be a character to to reach the highest level. I do think you have to be a personality. 
And I get that that fans who watch the shows, people that watch the show, can sometimes kind of feel like, you know, it's a little over the top, or you know, that's not really who they are. But there's also there's some brand recognition that has value in that. Like, you know, and this happens all the time. And this wasn't something that Colin manufactured. Like, Colin had his opinion about Baker Mayfield before the draft, and then Baker <laughs> and him have gone back and forth on Twitter. Now, anytime anything happens with Baker rush of people to come watch the show to see what Colin's going to say about Baker. And then like when Colin says something, everybody rushes to Baker to see. So it's like, and that wasn't manufactured. That just happened. Organically. Organically. So there is a value in Colin has his opinion about Baker. Colin loves the Seahawks and Russell Wilson. Like Colin's kind of uh, opinionated about um, Aaron Rodgers. He loves Tom Brady. Like, Skip loves the Cowboys. You know he's going to be talking about the Cowboys. You a Cowboys fan? Or if you hate the Cowboys, you know you're going to want to hear what he has to say about that. Shannon loves LeBron. You know he's going to come in with his goat mask the day after he, you know, has a big game. So there's it's not so much about characters in the sense of like WWE or something like that where like you're constantly living your life as this alter ego. It's more about a brand. So for me like I don't I've never really I don't like can't I can't play a character. I can't I don't have the like um, the function of being consistently fake. So it would just would not work. Like I can't, I don't, I don't operate well in that space. So I would forget. I'd be like, what did I say <laughs> yesterday? So I'm just kind of me, but I have, you, you have to dial up certain things like the camera, as you guys know, cause you do this, the camera sucks a little energy out of, out of who you are and what you do and what you say. Like if you, you can tell when somebody hasn't been on camera, they're like, mm-hmm. I don't and they know think they're like do. talking normal, but you're yeah. like, bro, you got to, <laughs> lift it up a little bit, you know? Um, so there is some of that to it. You know, it's a television show. So there, I w- I'm not going to sit here and say, like, you don't turn it up a little bit when the lights come on. You have to. Or it's going to look like you don't even want to be there. But um, there's, you know, there's elements to it. Like, there's been times I've, told, I've been told to, like, dial it back and be, like, less of myself. Less of yourself. Yeah. Like, I'd like to say you can just be yourself all the time, but it doesn't. You know, it doesn't always work out like that. When somebody told you to be less of yourself, what did you, what did you say? I mean, I was mad about it. I'm going to put it in a book one day. Okay. But because for me, I felt like, you know, I, it was more of like you need to fit in. The, you need to play this role and like fit into this box. Like mm. you need to kind of pretend to be a square. Mm. And I'm like, OK, like I'm going to do that. But there better be some benefits to me being a square. And then it turned out there weren't any benefits to me being a square. And I'm like, hold up. What is like, <sighs> that ain't even who I am. And now it's kind of like people are, people are looking at me funny. They're looking because, at you crazy. Yeah, I'm like, hold up. Like, I know her. I'm the only real one in this place. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> so, you know, there's this, it's like, I was, very, I it was not, <laughs> it didn't sit well with me. Um, but, you know, it's, you work for oh. corporate companies sometimes, you know, especially as women, they don't want you to really be like edgy, edgy or out there. And whereas the men, it's like, Shh, man, like do whatever you want. You know, there's, there's an expectation that you're supposed to like behave a certain way. And like now I'm at the point, partly because I'm at a point in my career where I feel like I can do it. I guess we'll find out. Um, <laughs> hey, listen, but, no Hennessy at the poolside. Yeah, right? I, mean, I can't handle, I can't handle Hennessy. Um, once in college and I was like, this is not, this is not my liquor. Hennessy and rum. We, we're going to stay away from those. But um, now I'm like, you know what? I'm not, I'm going to do me. Like I'm going to be as, as authentic to me, whatever it is. People like it. If they don't like it, um, I feel a responsibility to like the next generation of women coming up in this business to not encourage them to like compromise really what they want and who they are to fit into a, a box. Because mm. the more we go into the box, the more they want that box to exist. Mm. So being authentically you, and I'm glad you said that because earlier you said, if I try to venture out, of, they might think, oh, I don't really love sports. Everybody at this point should know that you love sports. Do you see yourself venturing into other industries? You said you hosted the Oscars uh, this past week. Are there other things that you want to explore? Oh, no, I did not host the Oscars. Not, uh, watched, she watched, watched the Oscars. Watched the Oscars. Watched, watched, watched Oscars. Not host yeah. the Oscars. Um, I'd love to host the Oscars. <laughs> <Put it out there. laughs> the Oscars need a host. <laughs> that, is a, that is a fact. Um, no, I mean, I definitely, I love entertainment. I love culture. 
um, as part of the you know our podcast, we talk about movies and shows right, that we're right. watching and what's going on in social media and music. So you know, I have lots of other interests, just like everybody else. Um, I would, I'm not like on skips level, you know, skip really just watch the sports all day long. Like, oh, that's, that, that's it. Like maybe one episode of Jeopardy with Ernestine, but like he is a literal like sports addict. Like that's his, his whole life. Um, and it shows him what he does, but you know, I, I really just want to be able to get to a space where I can talk about what it is that moves me. So obviously sports is always going to be a part of my life and what I do for a living. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I feel like I'm the, the, my, at my best when it's whatever comes naturally. Like if we're talking about, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then next we're talking about the draft tomorrow. Like sports and culture have such a connection anyway. And now we're seeing it even more, I think, because of social media um, and athletes being involved in different things that that's, that's where, you know, eventually I want to, I want to get to, but yeah, I definitely have other interests outside of sports too. One last question before we wrap the sports gambling situation. You had mentioned it earlier. Yeah. Um, is coming. It's not, it can't be stopped. Uh, the Raiders are in Vegas now. And this is something that has always been an issue for sports. Pete Rose, he was, you know, still, Banned. Yeah, still. They, they got to make that right at some point. Free my guy Pete. Free him, please. Um, so how do you feel about sports gambling? How will it affect the sports industry, the sports world, players, all of that? Because it seems like sports leagues are still scared of it, but they're embracing it because it's just kind of – it's going to happen regardless. So yeah, like it or not. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's legal federally now, so it's just – it's moving state by state how they're going to regulate it and make it accessible to people, but it's, it's going to be legal everywhere. Um, eventually in the next couple of years, I think about half the States now, uh, have already legalized it. So yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a major game changer. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but like, I definitely gamble on sports. He's, uh, um, I don't, but he's, yeah, I was a fan. He's guy. one of these fan duel. Yeah. I was, I was, I, I, be, I got too addicted and I realized it was too much and there's no disrespect. The moment it hit me was, I think it was like mid May and there was, like two playoff games. Yeah. And I bet on those already. And then I started picking like the WNBA games. <laughs> and I was like, I never even watched the WNBA. Yeah. I'm just picking players. You're just doing it to gamble. Yeah, I'm just doing it to gamble. Yeah, I, yeah that I was mean, the be responsible. Like, if you have a problem, contact somebody. Um, <laughs> for real. For real. I don't want people out here uh, bet, betting their mortgages, losing their families. I'm joking. I'm joking. It was a good decision by you. Thank you. Um, no, be responsible. Uh, but yes, like that. And that's part of that is why leagues have been so resistant to it because it hasn't really been, it's not legal, mm -hmm. you know? So how do you lean into it when it's not legal? You can't be, you know, influencing people to go to bookies and stuff. It's funny though, because it's not, it wasn't legal, but every game you watch on the, the, the ticker, it, it's DraftKings or it's FanDuel and it's put everywhere. Well, recently now, yeah. yes. So recently, yes. But for years and years, right, 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 right. yeah, they didn't want, and they didn't want, you know, Players. You know, Al, Al would be notorious for that. Musburger talking about the, you know, the spread and, you know, oh, we know there's going to be a lot of people happy if this field goal goes in. Like, you know, they're always kind of under the tone about it. Yeah. Um, but it's just, I mean, it's the future and it's going to be everywhere and it brings in a ton of money into the business. It's great for the business. It just means more jobs, more content. Um, as far as the players go, it doesn't really change anything for the players because players have never been able to gamble on sports. So it's not, it's never been legal for players to gamble, even on other sports. But um, no, Floyd gambles on his fights. He's done that before. Well, boxing is a little different. <laughs> no, no, yeah. rules, no, no, rules no rules they're they're in their own category. If you were if you're for working with a league, you can't gamble on sports. Yeah, we like had, uh, publicly, yeah, like yeah. You, you know, I mean, maybe you do some with you know on the low, but you can't. You're not supposed to do that. And Pete Rose is a unique situation because he was throwing his own games like yeah. he was involved in his own games like you definitely can't do that um unless it's blue chips blue chips that was a great movie <laughs> nolte shack yes. yeah oh we it's had like, a watch the tape watch the tape <laughs> what did you do but, uh, <laughs> it's not gonna be that it's, it's it's definitely the future though like to your point the raiders are in vegas now um and that was a big deal because they were like you can never put a team in vegas because you know players are going to gamble like Players gamble on car, like, like cards. They, like they don't go to Vegas. Time. Anyway. But as far as gambling on sports, like it's not, it's no more 
uh, to me, it's no more temptation. Like you could gamble on sports anywhere you were. Mm -hmm. So why, like, why is Vegas going to be more of an influence to gamble on sports? Because there's sports books there. Like, and you're going to see a player walking into a sports book and putting a, pe a bet down. Like that's not somebody you should have on your team. It's not very smart. <laughs> so it, it's, it's a great thing for the industry. Um, it's definitely a game changer. It's going to bring in a lot of money. Yeah, we said that, especially with the pandemic hitting a lot of these states, they have to raise revenue. And yeah. There's a couple of ways you can raise taxes, which is going to be tough because you got to vote or you could legalize sports. Gambling. And people were gambling on sports anyway. Yeah. Like obviously it's going to give more people access to gamble on sports, right. but it's not like this is new. Like they're just inventing gambling on sports. Like we were putting money on games for many, 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 many years. It's just that now it's digital. So it's going to be more accessible. They're going to be more sports books and more casinos. So that's going to change things. But overall it's going to be good for good for the leagues and it's going to be good for the business for our business for the content business because there's just going to be so much more money coming yeah. in i think there's a few shows that are about to be launched just on based Draft on Kings and levitard 50 yeah. million yeah. just yesterday yeah. like it's it's a it's a big big deal for the business there you have it ladies and gentlemen so uh joy i appreciate you coming on thank you for coming to the eyl house um we had a few hiccups but we got it done <laughs> That's the only thing that matters. Closes the show like the champion. The champion <laughs> That's a fact. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. That is, is a fact. Is. Um, what would you like to tell the people? Um, how can they contact you, uh, social media handles, your podcast, uh, any endeavors that you have going on? Uh, we can check out The Herd, noon to three Eastern on FS1 weekdays. And uh, the podcast is Maybe I'm Crazy Podcast. So subscribe or follow on social media at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod. Myself, Joy Taylor Talks, and um, stay up, stay safe, get vaccinated. <laughs> yes. Troy, housekeeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, very, I'm staying away from any. Staying staying away from <laughs> <laughs> I'm staying away. I'm Nothing st controversial. <laughs> yes, no, 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 no. Pfizer gang. Pfizer <laughs> <laughs> gang. I like that. Uh, so shout out to everybody on Patreon.com. Obviously, y'all know that's our proud to pay program. Tier 5 members, you have access to EYL University, the number one place for business education in the world. In the world. We should start saying the universe. But in the world for sure right now. Uh, so shout out to all the earners that are part of that and all the earners that are supporting our merch. Today we are supporting our boys' merch. So Yeah, shout, shout out, out to Simpson. Shout out to my boy, Fomer Simpson. This is the first time in almost a ever <laughs> that we didn't wear our merch. We are wearing Fomer Simpson. Uh, so shout out to him. Uh, alumni. And um, shout out to LA, man. We uh, had a networking event yesterday, had a bunch of, bunch of love. And um, every time we come out here, it's like... And treats. Love and treats. <laughs> Treats. Nothing controversial. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. I don't yeah, know. Bought, a lot of people bought merch for us. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Cool. I'm just not, yeah, free no, merch just, is great. Uh, yeah, it's always good. I just wasn't sure what she was referring to, but um, <laughs> we in LA, so I don't know. Like you know, what I'm saying you gotta be specific of what you're referring to. Um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to everybody in Cali, man. I'm definitely moving out here. Just a matter of when, not not. Just a matter of when, not if. Yeah, uh, EYL West Coast Division will be set up and um, we really appreciate the love that we get out here so hello thank <laughs> that's a fact <laughs> thank you guys for rocking with us we'll see you next week peace peace my graduates from my school being Forbes bag drop bag drop <laughs> a mic drop bag drop bag drop Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.